0: God bless you, saints. Certainly good to be here tonight. Amen. What an hour to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. We want to thank each of you, amen, for being here this evening and, amen, allowing us the opportunity to come. Uh, we do want to send our greetings to you tonight from Brother Erickson and the church there at home, True Word Tabernacle. And we have several uh, from Ohio with us here. And say God bless them, thank them for coming all the way down, amen, and being a part of the meeting. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know how appropriately to thank uh, you all, but I want to say God bless you, and, and to give you our heartfelt thanks for your support to our youth camp there in August. Um, the church—that's the first uh, first youth camp they've held—and uh, brother brother Tim was just just such a blessing to back that, and all the support of you and the saints and the, the young people that came, and brother Timothy coming up and preaching and. I don't know you that uh, if you wasn't there and you got to hear it, I know you got a blessing. Amen. That was a powerful time in the Lord. Amen. And uh, so Brother Erickson certainly wanted us to give our greetings to you and to thank you for that. And say God bless you and to all the other saints and pastors that supported it. Uh, um, So we just want to say God bless you tonight and as it is an honor always to be here with you. Uh, Tonight, if we could just bow our hearts for a word of prayer tonight and starting this meeting i I just want to take a moment and maybe you could just if you could just lay your hand over on somebody i know you're all shaking hands anyhow amen so i want you to, to lay your hand on somebody and and let's ask the holy spirit to come in and take a hold of this meeting right now tonight heavenly father we bow our hearts tonight because you're the almighty god We face the very ground that we've come from father and lord we're asking you tonight that your mercy would be upon us be upon this assembly upon each and every person father lord you have said that we're that where two or three are gathered in your name that you would be in the midst of them and lord jesus we invite you tonight we ask you for your holy spirit to come and take this meeting lord use it for your glory father let the anointing of the lord come upon your word and Father, that it would move in a special way. Lord, we invite you to the platform tonight before these people, before everyone. We admit our inabilities, Lord, our inability to say or do anything, Lord. But if you would just come by, there'd be such a special thing done in these meetings, Lord. And we're inviting you tonight throughout these meetings. But Father, right now, while these believers had their hands laid one on the other... We pray, Father, that every spirit unlike you would be bound in this building right now. Lord, by the authority of the bride of Jesus Christ, we bind Satan on every hand. That he'd not be able to lift his head. That he'd not be able to do one thing to hinder. But, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, may the grace of God move over this meeting. Taking hearts and lives. Lord, bring in such a freedom to your people, Father. Now, Lord, we commit this meeting in thy faithful hands. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we would like to look into the word of the Lord. Amen. We'll be looking in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. And I want to read here from the 12th verse, Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. It's a very powerful portion of the scripture and I think very pertinent to the day that we're living in knowing that the season and the times are set by the the word being vindicated in the age that it's meant to live, amen. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 12, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find a thing thereon and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. The time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit from thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now I'm going to skip to the 20th verse. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. And Jesus answered and saying unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou moved, and thou be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe the things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, in John the 14th chapter, and let's look in the 8th verse, of course, these two scriptures are connected John 14 and Mark chapter 11. Amen. Uh, These these two are actually uh, work right hand in hand in the end time. John chapter 14, we want to look in the 8th verse. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? And he saith unto me, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, showest the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. For verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may glorify it in the Son, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. We ask the Lord to bless his word tonight, as you may be seated. I want to speak to you just a little bit tonight, amen, on the faith of God perfectly expressed. The faith of God perfectly expressed. Amen. Uh, these uh, specific uh, scriptures are very common into the church of the living God in this season, as they should be. Uh, we're thankful that these are common readings, that these are things that are very known unto the church, because this is the basis of where we take our faith these are the basis of why we teach the things we teach why we believe in the supernatural we believe in is because we're not just uh, pulling these things out of the air or just imagining that some great thing could be done or that we're in some imaginary world but this is a reality that god is laid in his scripture and these scriptures are laying here as a promise tonight now I, I believe in the perfect faith. Brother Bram is going to read Mark chapter 11, and, and he'll he'll begin his text and talk about perfect faith a little bit. And he'll say, but remember now that perfect faith needs the Holy Ghost. And he'll talk about how the disciples in the beginning didn't have the perfect faith. He said, actually, what they possessed is they possessed a power, but they didn't possess a perfect faith. And he'll actually use a case where they wasn't able to take care of the case. And then the Lord was asked, why wasn't this case amended? And Jesus said, because of a lack of faith. So he showed them that they certainly had the power to do it, but now whether they had the faith to operate it. And he was showing this was the very case and this. And Brother Branham will take it like this and say, now, Branham Tabernacle, he said, there's the bride today. The Holy Spirit is here with power, but you haven't got faith to move it. Do you see? It'll take faith to move that. And then he starts out to say it like this. If I got a shell that I hand loaded, and I'll know what it'll do by ballistics, I like the word, but I've got the gun, the, I've got to fire the gun. The fire has to get to the powder, and the powder's got to get to the power, but it's got to have the fire to light it off. And the same thing, the powder's in the shell, but it needs faith to charge it and to throw it out. That's what it takes, see, perfect faith to ignite the power of the Holy Spirit, which we have now, since he has come upon us, faith to ignite these great things, faith something that presents it to you see something to ignite it and brother man describes a faith he describes the word as such as a ballistics now uh, there's a there's a lot you could study in this but of course ballistics is talking about mostly about rifle shooting and one thing that we have found out about rifle shooting is that you can study the ballistics and they can give you a dope you know uh, in, in modern times now they've got rifles set down to the place where People are shooting elk at a 1,000 yards away, one shot or two shots, and they're killing their elk at a 1,000 yards. It almost didn't fare. But what they've been able to do is they've been able to scientifically keep nailing down the ballistics, and they get the barrels better, they get the gun better, they get the bullets better. And what they're able to do is by doing that, they're able to keep reproducing the same thing over and over again. They're able to tell you before you ever pull the trigger exactly what that gun is able to do. And they do it by ballistics. And they have proved it around the world. You can take a 270 maybe and begin to shoot it. And if you'll set that thing maybe an inch or two high at 100 yards, it's dead on at 200. Then it starts dropping a few inches, maybe 18 inches at 300 and, and so on until it gets way out in 1,000 yards. It may be dropping 10 feet or whatever according to the velocity of the bullet. But if you can know the velocity of the bullet and you can know the, you can know the weight of the bullet and you can know the charge behind it, you can accurately pinpoint what that bullet's going to do at a certain place at a certain time and what it's able to do. So what that is is a ballistic It is a potential of what something could do, but that gun cannot do nothing till you pull the trigger. You can carry that 270 around. You can say, Well, my gun will do this or my gun will do this. I actually have a 28 nozzler, Brother Matt McLern built, and he says it'll do a lot of things. But, uh, amen, since all this, uh, since all this uh, the, the, the hikes and the rates of all the ammo and things, I hadn't pulled the trigger on it one time in a while because it, it, it just, but yet they, it, it'll do that. It'll, it'll do exactly what it'll do. But I, I know one thing's for certain is that that translates, when Brother Bam talks about it, he moves it into the spiritual realm. And begins to say that the word Is a ballistics of our faith And that the word can be told Exactly what it will do In a certain season So so faith is something that talks about long range So the word all the way back In the days when the apostles was writing it Was telling us what it would do In other ages to come And how that they're able to do it Now I know for sure that the word will do Exactly what it did in that day It will do it again That's Brother Ram's point in ballistics That it will do it again now Abraham see brother Ram said the thing is he said maybe you got a gun and you'll say it will shoot it's a true shooting gun I have to hang it up on the wall he said oh sure I got a gun he said, but what do you do with it? See, if it just hangs on the wall, and that's the faith of the people. You said well, I'm a Christian, and I believe God can, but what are you going to do about it? You've got to put it to work. You've got to turn it loose. You've got to do something with it. Now, here's what Brother Bram said. He said, you've got to get out and hunt up the devil where he says you're still hurting, or and you just say he's a liar. You put a bead on him You get a scope on him And don't be afraid to pull the trigger Because it will go off as sure as anything Amen, he's saying to us What we need to do is hunt up the devil And what the devil is saying Well you're still hurting Or you still got this same problem Or this same situation He said if you put the bead right on him And pull the trigger Amen, this gun will do the same thing In this day That it done in the days of the apostle One thing that we're certain about tonight Is that Jesus Christ Remains to be the same Yesterday, today and forever Amen, it does not matter The age of the time of the church He is an unchanging God With unchanging ways And whatever he did he is still doing Tonight because he is A mighty God and the word Is still going to do it amen I think of the prophet talking about pulling the trigger And it's going to hit a target Amen I'll tell you something tonight I've got something in my target Amen I've got an old devil that's running around The churches of the living God trying to Bring fear and havoc and Trouble amen and we got that old devil right in our target tonight and we're saying to that devil you're not going to get away with it. You're you're not going to get away with these things in the church of the living God because there is a bride on the earth that knows who she is, what she's doing here and what this word can do. Amen. This word will defeat Satan anywhere any place, any time under any condition. You can put this word in any form whether it's bridegroom form or whether it's in bride form. It's still just as powerful tonight as it's ever been because it is the word is God I believe tonight we ought to we ought to be able to pull the trigger amen and get the same results that was got in the days of the book of Acts because there's one thing for certain no matter what Satan is saying no matter what he's doing in this generation, amen, there is another book of Acts church that's on the scene today I'm not just making that up friends, amen, but the prophet said that if there is ever another original shoot off of the tree of life, it will be another book of Acts written right behind that church, and I believe tonight that there is a book of Acts church on the scene, I'm not one that believes that it's coming I'm not thinking it's on the road somewhere tonight but I believe we're sitting right here tonight I believe we have come together amen to get together against the devil and release the power of God in the church of the living God my goodness amen won't you go ahead and give him some praise amen he's a powerful God isn't he he's a powerful God That old devil fought me yesterday all day. said, well, it'll be the first night. After a while, I finally said, well, it might be the first night, but this ain't the first meeting we've had. It It might be the first night of this meeting, but it ain't the first meeting you've been in, and it ain't the first service you've been in. And I tell you what, I believe some people come to this meeting with expectation in their heart. I believe we come expecting God to do something. We come expecting miracles in the house of God. I tell you, I don't know what you come for, but I come to see the God in heaven perform a miracle in the church of the living God. I want to see miracles in this meeting. You say, brother, hey amen, I don't know if, you're, if you should wish for those things. I'm not wishing, I'm not hoping, I'm standing on Bible-based doctrine that Jesus said, whatever two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of him, and he is a miracle-working God. If you want miracles, he 2,000 years ago. He's still working miracles tonight. He but let us get an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost with the power of God to perform miracles and work many things in the church of the living God. I believe healings come. I believe revival comes. I believe the Holy Ghost comes. I believe people are saved and people are delivered. When the angel of the Lord comes in the camp of God, there's a shout in the camp, as the power that comes in the camp, amen you don't have to feel sorry for us tonight we are not a helpless, hopeless people, we are a people that have been armed with a ballistic missile of the Lord, we know what it will do, we know what will happen when the church of the living God begins to turn loose as the power that comes in the house of God Shout that devil out for building tonight. Boy, give a shout out. Say, Satan, you're not going to take this meeting. You're not going to take five minutes of this meeting. I'm not going to give an inch of ground to the devil. I'm not going to give him one meeting. I'm not going to give him one sermon. I'm not going to give him one song. I believe the Church of the Living God can put that devil on the run right now if one can make a thousand and two can make ten thousand look what a church of a living god anointed armed dangerous on fire for god look at what we're able to do tonight People say to me all the time, why in the world, why in the world do you, you, you preach about people shouting and praising God? i tell you why, because people get healed when they praise God. Miracles happen when they praise God. God comes in the room. Nervous spirits are conquered while people are praising God. Depression leaves when you're praising God. You can't be depressed with your hands up, amen. amen. You can't be depressed while you're praising, amen. So if you've been fighting depression, just start praising the Lord. There ain't no devil can hold you. There ain't no power that can hold you. This is the church of the living God. It's time to remind the devil who you are, what you have come here for. We didn't come here just for another meeting. Gifted. The preacher, who do you think you are? I tell you who I am. I'm an Acts 238. Tongue-talking baby that has been filled with the Holy Ghost. That has been given a message of deliverance and power. Atmosphere. If we could believe right now, the atmosphere that's going on in this building, there might not be one sick person leave the building. You said it can't happen on the first night, tell me. God created on the first day. When there was nothing, he made something. And there might not be nothing going on in your house tonight. But amen, let the grace of God come in the church tonight. Take it off, church. Let the power of grace it'll manifest itself in power. It'll manifest itself in life. You don't have to worry about God. All you got to do is praise, amen, and worship, and let him come and answer it. He's the God that answers it. You don't have to make miracles happen. You don't have to make healings happen. It's not your word. It's not your promise. Amen. It's not your reputation. But it is God's. It's God's word. And it's God's authority And we stand on the word of God tonight. Ah, I think it's time to climb up climb Jacob's ladder, take another step up, amen, Let the ladder of God, climb until every reason is gone, every reason to disbelieve, every reason to fear, every reason to misunderstand, let it go tonight and say, God, I didn't come here to reason the word, I come here to back the word, I come here to God, and let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. When that bride recognizes who she is, when that bride sees who she is, ain't no devil gonna stop her praise. Ain't no devil gonna stop the joy that's ringing in her heart. People say to me all the time So well Brother Wayne What about this person What about this person Hey man Somebody said Well somebody believed for healing And they passed away I told him. I said well I'll tell you this You'll never master that man Or that woman He no, said what do you mean Brother Brand said However they went to sleep Is the way they'll wake up <laughs> went to sleep is the way they'll wake up can you imagine an old saint amen like Paul with his head on the chopping block and they went to cut off his head he said oh death where is thy sting and grave where is thy victory and one of these mornings on the resurrection amen Paul will come back out of the ground the same way he went down he's coming back again You'll never stop her. You'll never stop the church of the living God. It's too far now. She's going too far. She's over the hump, brother. She's broke out in gravity. She's in another dimension of power, in another dimension of faith. You won't stop her now. No, you won't weigh her down. You can tie what you want to to her and she'll just keep her moving. You can do what you want, she's just gonna keep her moving. Oh yes sir So preacher what are you saying I'm saying that you've got to rely on what God made you God made you a believer God made you to believe for these things God made you to worship I can't help how I am I can't help what I do. I can't help it no more than a grasshopper can help being a grasshopper, or a butterfly being a butterfly, or a deer being a deer. There is something made them what they are, and there's something made you who you are, and it was God that made you. And when he made you, he didn't just make a human. Brother Kenny, he put apart a part of deity down on the inside of that human being. That's why that you're another kind of creature. That's why you're a believer. That's why you believe when there's nothing else to believe but you believe anyhow. That's why. Well, glory to God. Amen, I think we come to have church. I believe it. If you recognize your position, do you know that ain't nothing can hold you? If you only recognize your position tonight, ain't nothing can stop you. Amen. If you only recognize, because one thing you'll find out: God, Christ, and the Word are all the same. Amen. And then Brother Bram said, and you and Christ and God and the Word are all the same thing. Amen. You become the Word when you receive the Word. And when the Word of God came into you, I hope you're hearing me. When the Word of God came into you, amen, do you know that it is an unfailable Word? What is coming to you is not the words of a man, but it's the words of God. What you receive from the Lord is something you can stand on. It's something that you can stand. Do you know you're not anointed to come here tonight to fall? You wasn't anointed to come to this place tonight to stumble and fall. But God anointed you to rise. God anointed you to stand when everything else was falling. That's why you're still standing. In the most wicked age it ever was, you're standing in the most terrible time that ever was, you're still standing. You know why you're standing? Because you can't fall. Eve fell from the Word, but the blood is the Word. You can't fall because you are the Word, and heavens and earth can pass away, but my Word, it shall never fall. You have been ordained and predestinated of God to stand in this wicked age. Oh, what a stand. What an hour. What a time. Brother Wayne, how could you say with a word? Because before you were, you were thought. And you're not just the thought of a man, you're the thought of God. And God's thoughts are eternal. <laughs> Come on now. God's thoughts are eternal. You said, Brother Wayne, I can't see that. If you see that, you will see many things. If you see his thoughts are eternal, you'll see why you feel the way you do tonight. If you'll see his thoughts are eternal, you'll understand the predestination behind your life. There is nothing that can change in time what God did in eternity. There's no buttons. The devil don't have any buttons in time to change what God did in eternity. And we have come from eternity in a place called time, but God has activated a gene that's only inside of us and has anointed us to go back to the eternal realm that we come out of. And there ain't no devil can change what God did there. So by the way, what are you saying? I'm saying you're out of his reach. Hey, Amen. Your your body's not out of his reach. Your spirit might not be out of his reach but your gene seed is outside of the reach of the devil. That gene comes from God, amen, who sent it into your soul to stabilize you in an unstable world, in an unstable time. If there would be a gene of life on the inside, and when the Holy Ghost begins to quicken that, you, you will never be that word unless first you were a thought. Is that right? Unless you were a thought, you can't be that word. Now, what kind of thought were you to begin with? A premeditated thought of God. And being a premeditated thought, then that means that God had you in Him before the world began. Yes. Amen. You, you be seated if you won't stand full. That's okay. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. You ain't me. I, 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 hey, we preach like this all night. I love this. You, you see what it is? It's the very thought of God that has come down on the inside of you. And the whole thing is only God materializing. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing out of cater. Ain't nothing going wrong. It's God materializing. But he's materializing in the season he planned to materialize in. Then you know, you say, you say, well, Brother Wayne, how in the world are you living that kind of life? i tell you how I'm living. It's by the faith of the Son of God. It's not our life we are living. It is the life from the faith of the Son of God. You see, you've got to have faith in what the Word says you are. Now, that's what Jesus relied on. He didn't rely on whether he was hungry or whether he was full. He didn't rely on whether the devil was tempting him or not. He relied on what God made him. And you've got to have faith in what the Word says you are. Amen. And when the word of God comes into you, it's made manifested because you are a believer. And the believer is, I love this quote, and the believer is the faith of God that moves you. The faith of God is what a believer is. In other words, you're not just here, amen, by yourself. The faith of God is in you. The faith of God that created the world is in you. The faith of God that spoke when there was nothing and created a world is what's inside you tonight. It's not a different faith. It is the faith of God that said, I will have a bride without spot or wrinkle. And he spoke it, but here it says tonight. It's not something coming. This is not something on the way. This is the faith of God expressed. This is the word made manifested. When you think about what is a bride, she is the manifestation of the word. She is a living oracle of God. What is that word bride? Well, just look around a little. If you want to see the face of God You're looking at the face of God When you look at the bride of Jesus Christ You see where it's at tonight That's why things cannot move you Because you have been tied to an absolute of word That made you the faith of God I think of Paul in Acts 20 and 24 When he said none of these things move me None of these Well there was a lot going on in Paul's day But Paul wouldn't be moved by none of it because Paul was a prisoner. Paul was a prisoner. How many times do you ever hear Paul start out a sermon and say, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, an apostle under the Gentiles. In a couple of the books, he starts it out that way. I, Paul, a prisoner. Brother Bram preaches a whole message on me. I, Paul, a prisoner. Well, do you know before you can ever really have power, you've got to become a prisoner? Before you can ever really have power in your life, You had to become a prisoner to that faith of God that is on the inside of you. It has to become a prisoner to that or a tie post, amen, as Paul was, amen, a prisoner of theology. But when the light of God came over him, it broke the shackles of theology and enacted a spirit or a gene that was in him that tied him to the vindicated word of the age he was living in. Do you see he was a powerful man once he become a prisoner of God? I think of the scripture. When Joseph was in the scripture, you see Joseph, before he ever went into any kind of a trouble, before he ever had any kind of problems, God showed Joseph he would reign in power. But before he could ever reign in power, he had to first become a prisoner. It looked like he was going down, but truly the way up is down. The more humble you can become to the word, the more exalted God can put a man. Amen. Joseph, because of him becoming a prisoner, was exalted in the kingdom of Pharaoh to where he was able to exercise authority and power because of being a prisoner. Hey man, I think of this often. I think of old uh, uh, brother Paul. I think of his. Uh, I think about his testimony and how Paul was when when uh, when when he was walking that road. You know, it must have been a shock to Paul when he got saved and realized that he had been persecuting the very thing that he, that the thing that he thought was the worst actually was the thing that was the salvation of his life. When he realized he was persecuting Jesus Christ, which was that pillar of light. How Paul must have felt, amen, when the, when the shackles dropped off of his eyes and, and he became, as Paul would call it, he moved from being the prisoner of Gamaliel to being a prisoner of Christ. Now, I, I, was, I was looking at this the other day and I was thinking about poor old Paul. Amen, when he, become, when he become a prisoner and he had to show back up and preach and he had to go back over to all the other apostles and, and their, their clean lineages and where they come from. and. I think about old Paul, you know, sometimes high-tempered felon. He meant he was guilty of killing the very people that he was now going to go preach to. I imagine it must have been some long nights for Paul. It must have been some, some agonizing times for Paul to come to grips with who he had been and what God had made him. Do you realize what kind of prisoner he was to even admit that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ? What kind of prisoner had he become? What did he have to master before he could acknowledge that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ? He had to master everything in his life To be able to acknowledge To what God had made him And sometimes what God makes you Amen It seems big But it's hard to acknowledge What God makes you Because sometimes people assume That that's some kind of a, a puffed up Maybe they didn't deserve it or something You know But Paul was a, a, a powerful man With a powerful revelation I, I, was just a, I was just thinking about him the other day When Brother Manum will say things like He never done it in the first place how many likes that quote? Well, if you don't like that quote, you ain't read it. Hey Amen. But did you ever notice, Brother Philippi said, as though you never done it? In other words, justification is though that you never done Really, you've done it, but you, you're getting treated like you've never done it. Hey Amen. I've heard stories about men who spent their lives in prison who were completely innocent. I've heard stories where where people were put in jail, nearly went to the death row, and come to find out they wasn't guilty of nothing. And one day they just turned them loose. Hey man, I, I, I've heard that. I was, I was on the airplane the other day and I was sitting here thinking over some of these things I, I was just sitting over there, riding, you know how you do on the airplanes. I was just sitting along and thinking about some of these quotes. Brother Bram said, you never done it in the first place. And I was thinking about it like that and, and about these men who get out of jail because they was innocent and this and that. And I just sitting there contemplating my life, where I come from and what I'd been. And the minute I just stopped and the people around me probably thought I was crazy because I just talked it out loud, you know. I I just stopped and I said, well, Lord, I I, 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 I just don't fit that description very well because I wasn't innocent and somebody turned me loose. Amen, I, I'm guilty. I, I deserve all the punishments that I get. I've done everything that they said that I did. I went all the places they said I went. I, I was exactly who I was supposed to, or who I was being at that time. And I was sitting there contemplating at the Lord, got to thinking about it. Amen, the more I thought about it, the worse I felt. <laughs> and I said, after a while, I said, well, Lord, uh, uh, how in the world then can a prophet announce it's as though as i never done it? I said, you're gonna have to help me see it in the scripture because I just don't understand. I don't really don't From my own personal experience Lord I don't understand how That you you could give me the grace And the pardon that you give me With the man that I was I'm sitting here discussing it with the Lord And it was almost an audible voice Brother Aaron I heard him say to me He said you are a Barabbas I was sitting there on that plane And I could hear I literally could hear a voice He said you are a Barabbas And I thought for a minute, I thought, Barabbas. Oh, I know who Barabbas was. Y'all know who Barabbas was? Barabbas was a prisoner. He was a prisoner for different reasons. He was a prisoner because of his sins and he was a prisoner because of things he'd done wrong. He was a prisoner from the problems that he'd done of fevery and murder. He was, he was a really bad man. And they put him in prison Brother Joe. They put him in prison and you know that Barabbas was scheduled to be executed the very day Jesus was being crucified. How many knows he was going to be He was executed? He was already under judgment. He had already had an executioner's Sentence upon him, he was already in the prison, waiting execution. And while he was up there, laying in the cold, I love how Brother Branham says it. He said that he said that a Roman jailer come walking up the the, the the sidewalk that morning. He said that Bartimaeus is laying over there, cold and shivering, hungry, scared. He said he's worried about today. He's trying to prepare himself for a cross. No way to do it at all. Knows he deserves it. He said he's laying there in the corner and he can hear a soldier coming up the, 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 the sidewalk there, the walk. And he said he can hear the clink of the armor and the and the slap of the sword. He said, When that big Roman soldier came to the door and looked over it, he said, Barabbas was kind of shuddering. And he laid there, the big door began to open. Barabbas raised up off of the ground. He said, I guess I'm ready. I guess I'm ready to go. And the man took a hold of him and, and got his hands and started taking the, the shackles off his hands. And, and built down and started taking the shackles off his legs. And, and Barabbas said, what are you doing? Why why are you taking these things off? I, I'm supposed to go die. And that Roman, he put his arm around Barabbas and he said, come here, I wanna show you something. And he walked him over to the side. He said, you see down there? You see them three crosses down there? There can only be three men today that'll be crucified. And we have a law here in Israel, you know very well, that there's called a Passover pass. And on the day of Passover, amen, they give him one free person that can go completely free in the honor of the Passover. And he says, he said, well, what's that got to do with me, sir? He said, well, do you see that man hanging in the middle down there? His name is Jesus. and he's an innocent man he never done nothing to nobody I, I said in his trial the other day he had nothing against him at all but they, they decided to crucify him and he's going to take your place up there on that cross and Barabbas said but what does that mean to me sir he said I'll tell you what it means to you it means you're free he said wait a minute you mean I'm free he said "So I'm telling you you're free to go but 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 I don't have I don't have to do anything I don't have to I don't have to do anything there's nothing required of me at all he said no sir you're not understanding that man's paying your penalty the penalty's being paid but that man's paying it. And when Barabbas realized that he was completely free, he walked off of that hill. Amen. I, I don't know what first church he started, but I would imagine he was a preacher. And I believe he was a preacher in Grace and Mercy. He probably had a jailhouse ministry. He probably was effective among all the other prisoners. Brother. Brother Ron, I sat there on that, I sat there on that plane. I started, I, I just immediately got my computer up and typed in, I am Barabbas. And sure enough, Brother Branham said, I am a Barabbas. I said, Well, praise God, the prophet was a Barabbas too. And I started reading that story, the Roman soldier setting him at loose. And when I was sitting there reading that story, it just dawned on me that the power of the gospel is so powerful that even when a Roman soldier was preaching it it still gave liberty Even when a man who wasn't called to preach was telling the story that there was people still went free. Well, let me tell you something tonight. Amen, this message of the cross, this message of the resurrection has got so much power and it'll set every person at liberty. It'll set every child free. It'll set every heart free. You don't have to be bound and imprisoned with lust and ungodliness and drugs and alcohol. There's a God here tonight Amen. I am a Barabbas. But let me tell you, as a Barabbas, God has liberated you. He took your place at the cross. No need to be bound tonight. You can be completely free right here in the house of God. You can be free to rejoice. You can be free to dance. You can be free. Take your liberty and enjoy I'm not trying to pump nobody up. I'm trying to give somebody enough liberty to shake loose of this old Laodicean spirit. It's so heavy thing that you gotta carry around all the time, but we don't have to carry anymore. We are bare the name of Jesus Christ. I'm a Moravish and I am a free man. I've been freed by the Holy Ghost but I have become prisoner to another. But as a prisoner of Jesus Christ, healing is mine, joy is mine, love is mine, peace is mine, deliverance is mine. As a prisoner of Christ, Holy Ghost feelings and power has been given to the church. You know, Paul, Paul being a prisoner, I thought about poor Paul, I thought about him, and I thought about his writings in the book of Romans. Can you imagine when Paul, who was a seed of Abraham the stock, amen, he said he was born on the eighth day, amen, he actually was circumcised, he was a very very eloquent man, taught very eloquently, and was humbled down to follow this message. And while he was following this, amen, he had killed men and and he had persecuted the church. And I imagine long nights. But when God inspired the man to write the book of Romans, it's a powerful thing. In Romans 4 and 7, when Paul begins to pen and saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. For blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He's writing about the seed of Abraham. Paul is writing about the seed of Abraham. Have y'all ever thought about this? Paul is the seed of Abraham. And he's writing about himself concerning his former life. And he was saying, God... Has blessed me, and the blessing on me is he has forgiven my iniquities, amen. And he's covered my sins, and he will not impute my iniquity against me. Do y'all know what that means. That means God didn't have a book marking down Paul's wrongs, but under Paul's conversion, his book was thrown in the sea of forgiveness, and deliverance come to Paul's life. Amen. He was able to write that. Blessed is the man. Whom the Lord will not impute sin. He was speaking of what David said concerning the seed of Abraham. Who could have preached that better than David? Who could have preached it better than David, King David, who failed his family, who failed his life with all of his struggles and all the troubles that were there? Remember that? Remember that, King David? Amen. Who was exposed under the ministry of Nathan and had to be repented. He even himself said he deserved death. But God, rich in mercy, had a prophet say back to him, David, you'll surely not die. Remember the grace that was extended. And David wrote of this grace in the book of Psalms, which which Paul would be speaking of. Psalms 103 and Psalms 32. i tell you, it's a secret and a powerful thing. I know you know the scripture, but I'd like to quote it to you. Psalms 103 and 1 said, David, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquity, and who healeth all thy diseases. He blessed the Lord, him that don't forget the benefits now. Amen. He's a healer of diseases, but he forgiveth all. Hey, can you say it with me? He forgiveth all thine iniquity. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a reason to bless the Lord tonight. I'm saying that David was instructing you on the way to praise God no matter the circumstances of your life, no matter the situation, no matter the troubles. There is a secret coming from David of an unstoppable worship, of an unstoppable praise. David knew how to praise God anywhere, anytime, under any situation. If there was a man who should have quit praising the Lord, it was David. But David said, I'll bless the Lord because of the goodness of the Lord. not because of the goodness of David not because of what David could do or what David couldn't do he blessed the Lord because the goodness of God And let me tell you, if we would start blessing the Lord because of his goodness, if we would start praising the Lord because of his goodness, I tell you what would happen. That would be an eruption of a stimulated praise from the house of God because God is so good that you can never praise God enough to make up for what he's done for you and I. There ain't nobody like Jesus. There ain't nobody done anything for us like Jesus. He said, preacher, amen, I think think, uh, uh, you're a little bit crazy. Well, you can think I'm crazy if you want to. Amen, but I am a free man. Amen, I might be what people think I'm a fanatic, but I'm not. I have found a channel to worship God in every circumstance of my life. I have found a way to put the Lord before me and worship God at all times. Amen, what is it? It's something that can deny the natural senses and receive the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what it is. It's a super sense that God gives you. Do you know that God gave you the same sense in you that he created the world with? The same thing he created the world with is on the inside of you. Then that, That God that stood there when there was nothing and said, let there be. And it came forward out of nothing into visible light. The same God that did that, the way he did that is on the inside of every believer here tonight that has the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That super sense is God. It's the faith of God in you. That's the part of God that comes into you and gives you a super sense. Super Because it is able to go over all your natural senses. It moves past all your natural senses. Look at this. Amen. When we look at this tonight, amen. The prophet of God said, in looking to the unseen, he said, What we need to do is not think for ourselves, but let our mind, amen, and let the mind of Christ come into us. We are not to think for ourselves, and we're to call to contrary to anything. Except what he said As though it was not No matter what our eyes claim to be We do not live by what we see We live by what we believe That's how the church is alive By what we believe That's how we live It's not what we see But by what we believe Amen. It is there in 2 Corinthians when Paul said, For this cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, but it worketh far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we are at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there is a way to break the sound barriers of this world. The prophet of God said we can break the barrier, we can get past the barrier. He said, but we're going to do it. He said, see, we can shout the victory of a living God once we pass the barrier by looking to the unseen. The way to get past a barrier in your life is to look to the unseen. Whatever barrier comes up in your life, whether it's a sin barrier, whether it's an unbelief barrier, whether it's a reasoning or a doubt or some feeling that's come upon you, there is a way to get past the bearer and it's by the unseen word. Now, when you look at this, you'll find out that God has a way to get it by it, but natural man is bound to the senses of man. But the spirit of God, amen, gives you a super sense. Now, really, you can't really believe until you're regenerated. You can't really believe until you've been filled with the Holy Ghost See, He sees, people say Well, Brother Wayne, I think I did But listen to what the prophet said He said, listen, you're only taking what somebody else said What you've learned by intellectual What you've learned by the natural senses But when the sixth comes in The Holy Spirit It takes away all the reasoning These six senses of these five senses And you lift up into the sixth one it, Amen it'll, take, it'll make you believe things That you can't see That you can't taste, you can't smell it, you can't hear it. It does something for you. Then you can say Jesus Christ, amen, because you have witnessed it. It's not an intellectual teaching, it's what you have experienced. You see, the faith of God produces an experience in your life to believe God regardless. To believe God, whatever's taking place. He said, "Brother the the situations around me are so dark that you've got something in you that you could literally create a world and go live on it. If there was not a law that possessed to keep you from doing it, the authority and power to create a world is in you right now. You don't have to go somewhere and get it. If you're a believer, you don't have to go somewhere and store it up. You don't have to go somewhere and collect it from a certain guy in a certain place. As a believer who has received the Holy Ghost, the same sense that was in God that created the world is in that believer, and the power that could create a world is in you right now. You say, right now? I said, right now. Man is omnipotent. Man is all-powerful. Man is unlimited when he comes in contact with God. You say, well, I know some powerful things, but there is nothing more powerful than a believer who is in contact with his God. A believer in contact with God has the ability to create by the spoken word. A believer who comes in contact with God has a faith on the inside of them that can believe every word that God has spoken. Do you know there's things anointed for this age that other ages have not been able to express? Do you know that there are words that are anchoring in you that could not anchor in any other generation? Even when Brother Brandon was preaching the message, perfect faith, go look it up. He's preaching along and he comes to Mark, the 11th chapter, and he talks about Jesus, amen, cursing that fig tree. And then he turns around, he says, and if you say unto this mountain." He said, then that puts you right back in the scripture. See, he says, now it's pretty deep. He said, and it's passing right over you because it can't anchor. And I thought, isn't that something? Because that's exactly what happened in the days of Isaiah. When Isaiah was prophesying to a congregation and he said, a virgin shall conceive. Brother Brown said that word that come out of that prophet's mouth circled the earth for 600 years. Waiting for a heart to anchor into, and when it found that little woman Mary, the word anchored in that heart. Now I want to say something. Maybe some of them were sitting there that day. Maybe it did anchor in a few. But that word was being spoke right then, and the prophet maybe didn't know it, but God knew that there was a future generation coming that that word of Mark 11 was going to anchor in their souls. It cannot anchor everywhere. You said, Brother Wayne, if it's a word, why couldn't it anchor? Jesus explains it. He said the word was put in as a seed and it fell into ground. He said, and some were some ground of thorns and thistles and some with rocks. It shows you that the word is broadcast over a great big area. He said, but sure as it fell among them, he said it also fell among good ground. And Brother Bram said, what is good ground? He said, that's pre-prepared ground. He said, that ground was prepared before the foundations of the world. Do you recognize something tonight? That God foreordained you before the world began to believe this word. As sure as God spoke it, he knew that there would be a bride it would fall into in the last days. You said, Brother Wayne, how do I know I'm that bride? Because there's something in your heart that's expressing it and believing it and it's falling on the inside of you. It's expressing and falling on the inside of you. It's a seed in a good ground. Now, if you like that in the Bible, I can show it to you in the book of Romans. Brother Ram said Romans 8, 28 to 34, Ephesians 1, 1 to 5. And that's what works as faith expressed. It falls into that ground of the bride. See, she's pre-prepared and ordained before the world began to actually come into the church. Amen. Now you say, preacher, what are we supposed to do? Well, I think it's powerful because Brother Ram turns around and says to us, he said, and I believe there's a church on this road tonight. Now he's saying that in perfect faith. There's a church on the road. You say how could he be saying it back there there's a church on the road? Because he was creating it right there. He was he was setting forth a word that would bring a church in the future that would be a church of the faith of God it would be a spoken word seed bride you wouldn't just be another church you would be the word of God spoken into a generation and activated by the power of the living God you didn't just show up you didn't just crawl into the church but the God of all heaven full you and so you and brought you into the house of God no man come to me except my father draw him is that what he said is that what he said amen then Jesus said I do nothing unless I see it with my father and my father worketh and I worketh to it are you hearing me no man comes unless my father done worked it out And God has already worked it out of how you was gonna get here and how you would be sitting in this seat tonight. Are you hearing me, Barnabas? God worked it out. He worked it out so you can shout, so you can preach, so you can believe that you can have faith. Well, that devil, all better ready to get out of here i feel like it's a really bad night for the devil a really bad night for the devil amen because see a prophet was showing us she's on the road people say on the road that, that bride's been on the road the whole time. But what's this prophet now? Stepping in position, identifying the season and the people for this promises of this age. You said, prove it by the Bible. I'm glad you asked. Go over to the book of Joshua and look in the sixth chapter and see if there wasn't some walls around a little woman named Rahab. A bride type. Come on, she was a Gentile being redeemed under Joshua's ministry. She never even come up in the first two polls. She never even, until they crossed the Jordan, she wasn't even in the scripture. But when the Jordan was crossed and Joshua went to the land, there was a Gentile for an adoption anointing. Come on church all know the law, she didn't deserve it, she was a prostitute, she was a gentile, she was in a walled city, the law said she couldn't even come out under the jubilee, but God worked it out, God worked it out with Joshua. He said, Joshua, you march around these walls. And they walked around the walls, but on the seventh day, amen on the seventh time all the trumpets sounded together and with one voice the walls begin to come down listen if you can't come out from behind the wall and you belong to God he'll tear the wall down God worked it out with Joshua tear down the wall and bring my people out of there you're in a jailhouse of sin, God will tear down the jailhouse. I know you'll do it. Ask Paul, ask Barnabas. They were locked away, but they got to praise him like you're praising tonight. And the walls got to shaking. I got on my shouting shoes the walls started coming down the earth started quaking the Gentile in the story began to say he was going to kill himself didn't say it out loud Paul never saw him Paul, he was out of the reach inside of Paul but in the middle of that dark jail he screams out to a Roman soldier soldier boy don't take your life believe on Jesus Christ and that same voice that was in the days of Paul has sounded out in this day and right up there, amen, in Washington or B.C., there was a soldier coming the back of Brother Man's meetings. Remember that? Soldier boy, don't take your life. Believe on Jesus Christ and the walls will come down. You say walls? Yeah, they were walls. I guess it's okay to say what it was. It was walls. He said, what was wrong with the man? He had had a homosexual relationship with a man one time and was confused whether he was homosexual or not. And the devil was telling him, you're not normal. You'll never be normal. But when he got under the presence of that ministry of the son of man, he looked back to where he come from. And he said, you're a real man, son. You're not that kind of person at all. Turn around and go home to your family. And the man started coming down the sidewalk. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Well, let me tell you, if that man could save him that day. What about the church of the living God? He fixed up this meeting. He fixed up this service. I hear the walls of Jericho as they crumble to the ground. The power of God released. Come on, Rahab, Rahab never seen them cross the Jordan. have never seen the Red Sea. She didn't, but she believed it all the same. She never saw the battles, but she believed it all the same. You know why? Because she was a believer. Amen. And she was your type. Come on, bride. You might not have been there when the bridge fell, but you believe it. Come on. I wasn't there when the prophet did those things, but I believe it anyhow because I am a believer. So brother the what are you actually saying? I'm saying that this bride has been being worked out to come to this age that we're living in right now. And God has done some very outstanding things, amen, to get you to the position you're setting tonight. God has done some very outstanding miracles to let you set where you're sitting, to let you believe what you believe. I am not a fanatic. I am led to believe what I'm saying. I am led to believe that there is an angel that accompanies this message. I am led to believe that that angel is right here in the building tonight. I'm led to believe it's the same angel that was in the deal of lines with Daniel that was at the Red Sea crossing with Moses. That was the same angel that was with Joshua at the walls. And he's sitting in the building tonight to deliver the children of God from sicknesses and diseases. I am led to believe that God is a God of miracles. I am led to believe that there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. I'm not going to give Satan an inch of ground. I'm not going to give him one inch of my ground. I'll fight that devil, I'll fight him in the car, I'll fight him on the parking lot, I'll fight him in the church, but I will never surrender. I'll never back up, I'll never step aside. No sir. You're a miracle church, you're a miracle God. Work it out. circumstances, don't talk to me about circumstances until you explain to me how Lazarus could be four days in the grave and come out of there. Don't talk to me about circumstances until you explain to me. You've got to explain to me how Job could say, though the skin worms eat this body in my flesh, shall I see God circumstances Abraham was 25 years and he couldn't have a child but he did not stagger Amen. he didn't stagger you know why he didn't stagger because he was persuaded he was persuaded that God was more than able to work it out he could give him a new body he could change his life circumstances oh come on church You're not a people where it matters with circumstances. We won't even consider the circumstance. No, sir, there's a super sense in you that will be blind to anything that's contrary to the word of God. I won't even look at it. I won't even measure it. I won't believe it. I won't ask for it. I won't let anything because circumstances is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the faith of God expressed perfectly in a bride who stands in the evilest age it ever was and defies Satan on every inch of ground that he tries to take we got nurses sitting here defying Satan in his hospitals. We've got policemen defying Satan in the cars. Amen. Out on the streets. Amen. What are we doing? There's a people of God that are defying that old devil. You know you know what we're really dealing with? Amen. I know Satan wanted to put it on circumstances, but somebody's going to ignore them because they have a different report to believe. If that's the only report we had was a medical one, we'd just have to shut up and sit down but we got a different one we got another report we believe we have been delivered of God a report that has been paid for in the blood of Jesus Christ oh I know the devil don't like this one if you can watch a pressure come these days you kill this one brother man said he went into a hospital room with a young man dying of diphtheria and, and that young man's name was Bob Bosworth it was Brother Bosworth's son, and he was dying of diphtheria. And Brother Ram went and prayed for him at the request of the mother and father. And after Brother Ram prayed, he said, The boy is healed. That's the saith the Lord. And the woman raised up and started hugging the husband. And they started hugging one another and saying, Thank God. Thank God our boy is going to live. And the nurse begins to say, what are you doing praising God at this kind of moment? Amen. Everything says they're dying. Amen. But he says, oh, but wait a minute, honey. You have been trained to only look at your instruments. But I have been trained to look at the word of God. And the word says he's healed. The word says he's healed. You said, preacher, I know about somebody that claimed that. I know about this, and I feel this, and I... In those channels of reasoning, in those channels of memory, you will be a defeated being. But if you'll step out of your reasoning and get back into the word of God, there'll be a faith that'll come into your heart. There'll be no devil. There'll be no power. There'll be nothing that can defeat you because there's a victory as a victory in the Word of God. Faith is your victory. It masters every circumstance. It is the conqueror of everything of your life. You are not a helpless, hopeless group of people. God has so fixed this up but the devil is defeated before he ever got started. Oh, shout that devil down. Not here, Satan. Not in the like tabernacle. Not in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's a group of people that believe. So preacher, I'll tell you, we've been having some hard times around here. All right. I got that. Come on. It's a hard time. It's a hard time for everybody. This is the darkest, evilest corruptest age it's ever been there's more trouble going on right now than in the history of mankind according to Daniel the 12th chapter be greater trouble since the days of, of beginnings according to Matthew 24 it'll be back brother Ram said and it's in its fruit now and it's in its fulfillment now and it ain't done nothing but got darker since 1960 but somehow Satan has tried to convince you that if he can get it dark enough, he can whip you. If he can get the valley low enough, he can defeat you. He is a dumb devil, because God has already fixed this meeting up. God's already fixed some things and put it together, and he's already got a miracle in the making right here in the church of the living God. You said, Brother Wayne, in these kinds of times, this is where God really likes to work. God really likes. Ask them Hebrew boys. God don't even move till it's at the very nice moment. But when he moves, he moves. I tell you this, I, I'm a Bible reader, and what's why I find something I think is pretty good. The other day I was reading along there in the Bible, and I got to reading about a, a Bible that happened with Ahab. And he whipped, them, I believe it was a bunch of Syrians he whipped. Amen. And they was way high on the mountain. Whipped all these Syrians. After the battle was over, they, they was all putting their stuff up. And they thought, man, this is all done. We're going to pack up. Everything's good. Amen. And here comes along the prophet. And he begins to prophesy. And he says to Ahab, he said, look now, don't put up all your weapons. They coming another battle. Don't put up your weapons. They come in another battle. He said, what do you mean there's coming another battle? Well, the Lord heard your enemy as it went off of the mountain. And while it was going off of the mountain, it said that Israel was only strong on the mountain. And their God is only the God of the mountain. But if we could get them in the valley, then we could whip them down there. And the prophet said to him, because they have said this, because they have spoken this... Amen. I will be the God in the valley the same as I am the God on the mountain. God's gonna do it again. Let me prophesy to you, God's gonna do it again. The same God that whipped that devil when you were a mile high is the same God that'll whip that devil when you're in the bottom of the lowest valleys of your life. I heard him. I heard that old devil. He said, well, i tell you what. Even the light, something else when they're up on the mountain. But you let a COVID come along. You let a few trials come along. You let them miss a few services and have a few hard times. We'll get them in the valley. They won't be so strong then. We'll get them then. We'll just destroy them at that moment. Amen. And because the devil has said that. And because the devil has thought that, amen, I can hear the word of the Lord coming back to the church of the living God. And I am not just the God of evening light when she's on the mountain. But I'm the God of evening light even when it's in the valley. Listen to me, believers. You have maybe in a hard time in your life. Maybe you don't go to church here. Maybe you're visiting here. But the devil has decided in this age that he could destroy the church. But God has chosen this age to put the devil in his place. Put the devil in his place. Do you know where that is actually? Do you know the place the devil belongs? according to Ephesians, the first chapter and the second chapter, that Satan has been put under the feet of Jesus Christ. And if Satan is not under your feet, he's out of place. So I think it's time for the church to put Satan back in his place tonight. Put him back where he belongs. Stop on the head of that devil and say, I'm a serpent stopper. I'm a serpent bruiser. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled child of the living God. I may be in the valley, but I can steal with the devil. I may be in the valley, but I can steal with the devil. Who are you? You're the church of the living God. It up. Hallelujah. Let our musicians come tonight. I think we ought to give that devil a whipping. I think our singers ought to sing him out of here. I think our worshipers ought to pull out their pull out their instruments and begin to clap their hands and begin to open their lips and begin to worship and praise until the devil can't even stand the sound. Satan, if you're going to attack the church, you're going to have to hear our testimonies. You're going to have to hear our praise. You're going to have to hear our rejoicing. You're going to have to hear our praising. You can't whip this bride. She's already conquered. She's already over the devil tonight. Glory to God. I know we ought to be sound in retreat, but I don't know the sound. I know we ought to be saying back up and sit down, but I don't know the sound. Only thing that I was taught, I was trained by a prophet, and the only thing he taught me to say was charge. Take this land. You're more than able to do it. No giant, no weapon, no water, no territory, no circumstances church of the living God. Charge. Take the land, church. Charge. The devil don't know what to do with you. He's through everything he's got at you. Don't have anything else. I'm still here. I want him to see it. I'm still here. Whether I'm in the town. It's